God is good. Hallelujah. There's a lot we'd like to say. I appreciate our veterans and the price that they were willing to pay for this nation. And maybe right now, it seems like maybe to some of it was to no avail, but I want you to know that is not true. And it will turn. And traitors will pay a price. And it is happening. And it will continue to happen. God's going to clean house. Come on. So, thank you for your service. Amen. And uh, I'm grateful uh, for those who were willing to lay down their lives for this nation. Amen. Give them another hand clap, if you will. I'd like to jump on something and hammer on that a little bit, but we'll, we'll let her go. I think you got my point, praise God. Um, we're going to go to the book of James, chapter 4, today. Hallelujah. Did you come with an ear to hear? Praise the Lord. Um, I'm believing um, you're going to leave the house different today, empowered in Him and transformed by the Word and energized by the Holy Ghost. And my heart uh, is that you leave this place today more in love with your God than when you came. Amen. The Scripture says this. We'll go ahead and read through it. It says, Therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. That's a good promise. Amen. Draw near to God. Everybody say, draw near to God. And he will draw near to you. Now, what's your part? Draw near to him, right? Draw near to him, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. In other words, those that are living maybe not where they need to be. It's just talking about purifying your life. And purify your hearts. Amen. You double-minded. Uh, in fact, that word, uh, double-minded there, vacillate. Uh, is that right? Vacillating. 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 Thank you. Is that what it is? Somebody says, well, that was a good start, Pastor. <laughs> Vacillating. All right. Well, I didn't know what it meant, obviously. So I had to look it up, and it means wavering, faltering, to be fickle or fair weather. So God is looking for people to live clean with right right lives, right hearts, right minds. Come on, somebody. And uh, we need to, you know, keep our head right, our heart right, and our, and our mouth right, our life right. Come on, can I hear a big amen? amen? But it says we're drawn near to God, and He draws near to you, praise the Lord. Good promise, amen. Back up there again to verse 7. It says, submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. Submit to God. Um, you know, I just got done saying in the verse prior to that, talking about how God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. Of course, grace being a divine influence upon a heart and its reflection in the life. A lot of times grace gets a little bit uh, over, overlooked about what it really is. A lot of times it gets confused with mercy. A lot of times people define grace as uh, the way you would define mercy. And grace and mercy are two different things. And uh, so grace, that empowerment, that divine influence upon the heart to be reflected in your life is an empowerment that comes upon you. And it says it comes upon uh, those that are humble or yielded or submitted unto him. That's why it says, therefore, submit to God. Yield yourself to God. Amen. Uh, you know, lean on God. Trust in God. Go to God. Amen. Put God first place. Can I hear a big amen? You know, when you think about it... Um, Obviously, I probably should have read that verse too, but, uh, but pride is about elevating oneself, whereas humility is about lowering oneself, okay? And what that is, you know, when, when pride's involved, it's about elevating you above God, and when, when humility's involved, it's about you submitting yourself and letting God be God. That's why, and in those moments, amen, that you, you allow uh, at least the opportunity to be empowered by God, uh, with the grace to do the things you're called to do. And that's why he says, therefore, therefore, because of that, submit yourself to God. Amen. Surrender to God. Yield to God. Let God be God. Let God lead. All right. Then it says, resist the devil. How many know that you're, you're called to do that? Let's try that one more time. Uh, how many know you're called to resist the enemy? 
I mean, you're called to do that. Amen. You have to resist the enemy. He says if you do that, you have a promise that he will flee. Now, <clears throat> we have many times in, in areas and in, in teachings that we've t- uh, done from behind this pulpit, many times we've talked about, uh, you know, done series about resisting the enemy and, and what it means. But uh, as we have talked many times in those uh, series, we've talked about the importance of submitting yourself to God. Because how many know it's easier to resist your enemy when you're being led by God? It's just the facts. A lot of times, you know, we're, we're binding this and loosening that, and we're attacking this and attacking that, and Jesus named this and Jesus named that, and, and, and still the enemy don't push, push back or, or, or pull back, and, and sometimes it's because we're, we're just, you know, we're not really getting a leading from God. We're just trying to, you know, we're just shotgun shooting. Are you hearing me? You know, I always tell the little example of when I first, first time they put a shotgun in my hands, I thought, man, I was big stuff. I thought this is wonderful. A bunch of us high schoolers all went out, and I, I probably, I think, early high school, and and uh, uh, you know, I didn't grow up with, with guns in the house. I never, you know, we just didn't have them. You know, my dad wasn't a hunter, but uh, but a lot of my friends were. So we all went out, and so we were going to go out and do some uh, uh, shooting. And so uh, they had those, you know, clay pigeons, and and we're shooting them. And uh, first time they, you know, they put the shotgun in my hand, and they just they flung one of those things, I said, shoot it, and I just said, whoosh, 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 I just from the hip, and they were like, whoa, 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 what are you doing? Well, that's what they do in the westerns. I just thought that's what you do, you know, well, obviously I was wrong, and they kind of taught me how to, how to aim, and I'm not too bad at aiming now, praise the Lord, but the bottom line is I had to be trained, uh, you know, you know, how to, uh, you know, aim and fire. It worketh better. Right? Amen. Nobody gets hurt that way other than the enemy probably. Well, in this text, I just want to say the same thing. If you're being led by God, it's not going to be a bunch of this from the hip shotgun shooting. Amen. Instead, a little bit more specific, praise God, more rifle shooting than probably shotgun shooting. Come on, somebody. Where you hit the target, amen, you get the enemy to back up and get out of your hair. Come on. Can I hear a big amen? Amen. All right, set all that then to get to verse 8, because this is really going to be our key verse today. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. So it's talking about if, you want to, if you're going to say you're going to submit yourself to God, amen, you've got to be a person that's drawing near to God. It's going, it's going to have to happen. Look at your neighbor and say, you've got to draw near to God. Amen. You've got to draw near unto God. The word says when you do that, he draws near unto you. Amen. In fact, uh, you know, if, uh, if you're drawing near unto God, it's going to be a whole lot easier to resist your enemy. If you're drawing near to God, it's going to be a whole lot easier to do the rest of this verse. Amen. Praise God. Because, you know, when God's talking about purifying your life and your head and your heart, you know, getting everything in in line, praise God. How many know he's not asking you to do that in your own strength and in your own ability? Come on now. But if you will let him be God, if you will submit yourself to him, you will draw nigh unto him. If you will move, make movement toward him, praise God. Guess what? You're giving God opportunity to lead you, guide you, direct you, praise God, so you can be successful as a child of God, successful as a man or a woman of God, doing the things you're called to do in God, getting the results that God has promised by his word. Can I hear a big amen? Oh, hallelujah. Preached myself happy already. Let's take a look at some definitions here, praise God, like we always do, praise the Lord. The word draw near here means to come near or to make or to, uh, to make one near, all right, to approach, makes sense, right? But it means to be at hand. One of the definitions in your concordance is going to say be at hand. And it just means to, uh, you know, be close, be up close and personal. Speaks of something private or more intimate. You know, anytime we're talking about moving near to God, we're talking about, you know, something close and personal. Are you with me? Something, praise God, private and intimate in a sense, praise God. Everybody say intimate. It's not a dirty word. God's looking for intimate connections with you. Last week we talked about prayer. My heart last week was not really to talk about, you know, just how to pray, but instead give some understanding, some fundamentals, and in a sense to some components of prayer, praise God. But if you, if you kind of, you know, listen in on that, you maybe go back and you watch it or listen to it, whatever you do, praise God on that, you'll find that there was something threaded through the whole thing. All right? My heart in, in talking about intimate personal prayer time with God is to connect you with God. You know, a lot of times we can say prayers, you know, we kind of get in a rut and we say certain prayers and don't even not one time really acknowledge the presence of God. 
You can do that over your food. You know, we have a little prayer we say, and I've been guilty of it myself, man. You just got a certain thing you pray, and you get all rub-a-dub-dub, thanks for the grub, yay, Jesus, hallelujah. No, I don't really say that. But anyway, the point is, praise God, you could do that, or now I lay me down to sleep, come on, prayers. And sometimes you, you, you pray things, and, 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 and in a sense, you got your mouth on autopilot. You know, you could even pray in the Holy Ghost with your mouth on pilot. Autopilot, I mean. Amen. You just just pray and not really ever make a connection. I mean, you might be getting some things done. I'm not denying that. But the bottom line is, you got to remember, prayer is about a communion with God. It's this two-way street where you're connecting with an almighty God, the creator of the ends of the earth, praise God, and at the same time allowing him to commune with you and fellowship with you to take you to where you're called to be. Can I hear a big amen? amen? This is the way this thing works, praise God. Amen. God is looking for connections. He's looking for a communion time with you. He's looking, praise God, to, to uh, somehow interact with you. Amen. God wants, wants you to experience encounters with him. Your walk in God gets a whole lot more uh, thrilling. Your walk in God gets a whole more, lot more fruitful, amen, when there's encounters with God. Daily encounters, daily uh, interaction with God is what helps you, amen, is where the grace, the divine influence is now upon your heart and then reflected in your life so you can actually do this thing right. It isn't a bunch of work and, and sweat and toil to try to somehow serve God. It was never designed to be that way. That's why the word talks about, your, you know, really a, several of the books of the New Covenant, uh, the epistles talk about the fact that you're not under the law, you're under grace. That doesn't mean that you're free to do whatever you want to do. That's not what grace means. It's about an empowerment that you're not under a, lot, a list of do's and don'ts. Do, 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 don't, 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 and now see if you can keep it. That's what they did in the Old Covenant. Now, I know it's a whole other sermon but the point I'm trying to make is if, if you're moving, making movement toward God, if you come up close and personal, intimate with God, I'm telling you, you can do this thing. God wants to commune with you. You know, uh, I don't know, probably hasn't been that long. I'm sure I touched on it somewhere. At least it seems like I have. But, um, you know, people have struggle sometimes with the presence of God. Uh, they struggle with the presence of God. And, uh, you know, uh, today is no different than it was in the garden. Okay, it's the same exact thing. Okay, they slipped, they fell. Uh, now they see themselves as open, exposed, and naked. Come on, somebody. They've got guilt and shame because they blew it. Are you hearing me? They're hiding amongst the trees, which means they're hiding amongst all their things that they're accountable and responsible for, whether it be jobs, whether it be a family, whether it be whatever it is. People do the same thing. It is no different. People hide themselves from the presence of God because of all those same things. I'm too busy. Come on. I'm, 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 I'm uh, you know, I feel insecure because of my mistakes. Is anybody hearing me today? Huh? Some people say I don't like to go in the presence of God because I feel vulnerable. I feel exposed and naked. Well, that's what it's about. It's about getting before God and letting God, amen, connect with you and commune with you and help you and, and empower you and strengthen you. And yeah, there are times when God will talk to you about an area of your life. And, but I've heard a lot of people say, well, every time I go into prayer, I'm always concerned he's going to make me go to Timbuktu. Well, I mean, that's kind of a, uh, do you even know where Timbuktu is? I have found that God isn't always wanting you to come in there so he can make you do something for him. He's, he, wants to, he wants to help you. He wants to empower you so that when he ever does lead you to do something, you feel encouraged. You feel, you feel uh, confident, praise God, that you can do it. Because the God that led you is also the God empowering you. Can I hear an amen? Oh, hallelujah. But it takes a people drawing near to God. Amen. You can't, you can't back up. You've got to move forward. You've got to connect with God. Amen? Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, let's, let's, let's draw near to God. Amen? Hallelujah. Are you still with me? 
Now, a lot of people can verbalize their agreement about this. I talk about drawing near to God. Amen, brother. But that don't mean they're necessarily doing it. Are you still with me? There's a lot of, a lot of things in the Word, a lot of, uh, you know, things that God, you know, have asked of us or, or talking to us about. We, 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 we necessarily, you know, we might verbalize our agreement, uh, but that don't mean necessarily we put our hand to the plow and doing any of it. Come on now. Uh, or any kind of action that, that uh, you know, portrays that. Uh, so what I, what I want to do today, um, a little different here, we're going to go uh, put the passion translation of these two verses, and um, we're going to take a look at, at some different translations, and, uh, you know, I got some things I want to finish out with today, but, uh, but I wanted to do this. It says, so then, surrender to God. That's how uh, the passion translation words this about submitting. It says, surrender to God, stand up uh, to the devil, and resist him. And he will turn and run away from you. Somebody say, praise the Lord. Move your heart. I like this. Move your heart closer and closer to God. And he will come even closer to you. Now, I believe with all my heart, God, you you can't get God to love you any more than he already does. It ain't going to happen. So trying to do anything out there, just try to get God to love you more, that's a waste of time. That's That's not what it's about. It's not trying to get God to love you more. It's not, it's not trying to get ourselves more accepted than we already are. Jesus paid a price for you. You're already accepted. The minute you made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, you can't get any more accepted now than you were then. But, amen, I want to walk in favor. I want to walk in the blessing. I want to walk in all that he has for me. I want to walk in those promises. Amen. I want to experience all of God that I can. Well, how do I do that? Well, you move your heart closer and closer. Now, God, that, the heart is what God looks at. In fact, we know that the, God talked to the prophet when he was, uh, you know, going to pray over David to be king. You know, here he is. He's going down the line of Jesse's sons, and all of them, you know, they look like studs. And he thought, for sure, this, this one here is, is, is going to be the king. And he said, he said, no, no, no. And finally went through the list, and they had one left, and it's just this young cub out there in the field. Come on, somebody. Taking care of the sheep. Word said he was uh, ruddy and good looking. Praise God. I guess he was at least good looking. Praise the Lord. Ruddy means red head, freckles, that kind of thing. Amen. And he probably, I don't know, probably was, uh, you know, maybe even looked a little different than the rest of the boys. I don't know in the family. I don't know. But the bottom line is this. Uh, the, obviously, the prophet had a little bit of a, uh, this moment where maybe a little question mark spoke, you know, popped up and looking at David wondering, really? This, this is the, and he said, I, this is what God said to him. I don't look at outward appearance. That's not what moves me. What moves me is the heart, the inward man. And that has never changed. Somebody say, praise the Lord. Because you could be as ugly as a stump and have a great heart. Don't look around. Knock that off. Move your heart closer and closer. That's why we love God with all our heart. Soul, mind, and strength. That's every facet of your life, but he starts with the heart, the core, the center. Amen. This is what needs to be making movement toward. And that's why everything we're talking about last week and this week is about moving your heart closer to God. Doing what you can to connect. It doesn't take much to connect your heart with God. It just takes a little bit of, uh, you know, initiative on your part to not let everything distract you and pull you away. But focus on the fact that I want right now to commune and connect with my God. It's that simple. He says, move your heart closer and closer to God. And he will come even closer to you. But make sure you cleanse your life. Amen. You sinners and keep your heart pure and stop doubting. Not, stop being up and down and in and out all the time. Amen. These are all little things. And if you, you know, these are the kind of things that are going on in your life. You have to understand the chances are you're probably not spending any time with him. Because you need to understand that those are the kind of things that, you know, that, that begin to get, you know, wiped out of your life, be cleansed out of your life, that begins to fall off, praise God. Some of it literally just starts falling off because you spend time with the master. Jesus said this, I can of myself do nothing. Jesus said, I can of myself do 
nothing. But what I hear, I say, what I see, I do. Amen. He understood the importance, amen, of spending time with the Father. Jesus even made it real clear about us as as disciples. He said, you can of yourself do nothing. I have found, for whatever it's worth, that the more of a revelation of that you get, the better your life gets in God. Because you find yourself then making more movement toward God. You find yourself drawing nigh unto God. Why? Because He's your source. He's your answer. You start there. I mean, I, I don't care what the prayer request is, what you got going, and there's all kinds of, uh, you know, all kinds of answers that maybe you could have here or there, there, here, there, whatever, but I guarantee you, you should always start with the source. You might find that most of your problems get resolved instead of looking for everything else to answer it. Can I hear a big amen? But I've just found that your life gets so much better when your heart is moving closer unto him is anybody in agreement with that amen hallelujah let's put the new living translation it says so humble yourself before god kind of says about the same thing resist the devil and he will flee from you come close to god and god will come close to you wash your hands you sinners purify your hearts for here we go i like this part of it It says for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. So when he's talking about there, you know, uh, what's I think in the, he talks about being double-minded. Um, you know, that word actually, um, facil- facil- what is it? Vacillating. Vacillating. Amen. Uh, but it also means uh, two-spirited. It's another definition it gives. And so it's divided. You're not, it's not loyal, it's divided. Okay, that's what this is bringing out here in the, in the New Living. Uh, for your loyalty is divided. Sometimes, that's, sometimes that could be uh, our problem. Sometimes, you know, the issues in our life is because we really are not totally loyal unto God. We still waver in that. We haven't settled that. Thank you for all that enthusiasm. Come on now. That's a fact. Sometimes that's, that's a fact. You know, First John even brings out pretty clear that, uh, you know, you can't love the world and, and the things of this world if you're going to move forward in God, that stuff's, going to, that stuff's going to hang you up. There's nothing wrong with the things. And obviously, probably some of that stuff you got, God blessed you with. But the key is to always be moving toward God. If you move toward God, you keep everything in check. God wants to bless you. He wants to fill the garage. He wants to make sure you have all the things you want. Come on, somebody. The house you want. The garage you want. The shop you want. The man cave. The What's the woman's one called? She cave. She cave. She shed, she shed. I got, okay, I got that wrong too. She shed, whatever, God isn't against any of that kind of thing. Come on, but what happens is if we're not drawing nigh unto him, if we're not moving toward him every day, pretty soon everything gets out of whack. Pretty soon your perspective's off. Pretty soon it's about stuff and it's about things and about everything else. God takes a back seat. And whether you know it or not, in those moments, what happens is now there's where the difference between humility and pride begins to take take a shift. Because now it isn't no longer God calling the shots, now you're calling the shots. And that's that's pride right there. That's about you elevating yourself above him. So what happens is now, now you're not in a position to be empowered in something, so pretty soon, little by little, Here come the issues. Here comes the problems. Here comes the struggles. You can have all the money in the world and die from some stinking disease. Come on. Or not be able to keep a marriage or not be able to, come on. Just We can go on and on. All kinds of issues begin to happen. So it isn't money, you know, it's a tool. It's wonderful. You should have as much as you need, praise God. But when you're not making movement toward God every day, it gets out of whack, and pretty soon you now have a love for that instead of a love for God. Is anybody hearing me? Listen, you can't, you can't deny that. The Scriptures are filled with promises about you being blessed. Our patriarchs of faith were some of the richest people on the planet. 
God's not against that. What he's against is when you stop looking to him as your source. See, daily movement toward him, drawing nigh unto him, amen, keeps that connection right, keeps that, amen, that, that, that communion right with you and him, praise God. And I guarantee you, God, he helps you keep all that stuff in check. Oh, hallelujah. Are you glad you came out on a Sunday morning? I'm glad you came out. Amen. All right, let's look. I think I got another one. Let's see, message translation. Let's try that. Amen. It says, so let God work his will in you. I love that. Yell a loud no to the devil and watch him make himself scarce. Say a quiet yes to God. He'll be there in no time. Hallelujah. Quit dabbling in sin. Look at your neighbor and say, nothing. (laughs) Quit dabbling in sin. Purify your inner life. Quit playing the field. Hit bottom and cry your eyes out. Fun and games, what's that? The fun and games are, let's see, there's more of it, are over. Get serious, I love that. Get serious, amen. Get really serious. Look at your neighbor and say, get really serious, will you? Hallelujah. Get down on your knees before the master is the only way you'll get all, uh, on your feet. Praise God, I love that, amen. Get down before him, and that's how you get to stand. Praise like you should, amen. But anyway, get serious. Look at your neighbor and say, get serious. You got to get serious about this, amen. We're not playing games. You got to get serious. Um, the instruction, many times, uh, you know, we use this. We have it a lot of times in our, you know, we, I don't know, we probably got half a dozen plaques of this stuff somewhere in the house or the church. And, and it says, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Anybody else in agreement with that? I said, anybody else in agreement with that? Amen. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Now, that was, an, that was Joshua Amen. Addressing uh, the Israelites after they went in and took the promised land. And a lot of times people don't spend the time to read through that. They just kind of take that. And that actually is the tail end of a verse. It's not even, I don't even think it's even the end of a sentence. I mean, I could be wrong on that, but the bottom line is it's, it's not even a full verse. It's just a piece of the verse because he was saying, listen, he says, you got to make a decision to serve God. Don't do it like your, 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 uh, your uh, previous patriarchs did, you know, as the, your fathers did. He said, do, do, amen, make the decision for you and your house. You will serve God. And they said, as for me and my house, I'm telling you, come over to my place. We're serving God. And you know what? They argued with him. Read the book. Joshua 24, read the book. It, it, they started arguing. They said, ah, that, that ain't going to happen, man. We're in this, man. Knuckle bumps and slapping five. and We're all in this. We, we, won't, we won't back up. He says, listen, I'm telling you, if you don't get serious about this, you will back up. You don't settle it. And they argued with him. Not going to happen. He said, whatever. If you come over to my house, you know what we'll be doing. Talking God. Come on. Wasn't even a generation. They're already back doing what they were doing. But see, at the time, see, we all, we all verbalize our agreement. We like to think that we're all going to serve God. Well, I want you to serve God too, but you got to make, you got to get serious about this. You got to settle it. Amen. And though I'm telling you, the only way that's going to work in your life and my life is by drawing near to Him every day. You've got to make some quality choices. Otherwise, you're going to waver. You're going to be up and down. All it takes is one person to look at you cross-eyed and you're running amok, all offended. All it takes is one, one bill not get paid because you, had, you wanted it to be paid and it didn't, and now you're, you're running amok. All it takes is one thing not to quite happen like you thought, lose a loved one or some kind of crazy nutty thing happen, and all of a sudden you're off in left field somewhere. Nobody can find you. And we said, heck no. 
I'm in this for the long haul. You know how many people told me that? You got to settle it. Look at your neighbor and say, you got to settle it. You got to get serious about this. Amen. Well, pastor, I, 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 I struggle with some of this. I struggle with, you know, getting quiet before God. And stuff. Well, you know, you might be amazed. I remember the first time um, that I actually tapped presence, okay, by myself in prayer time. Okay, a lot of times you get sometimes in corporate meetings and corporate, uh, you know, worship services and and stuff and some you man you can tell sense the presence of god's in the room and it's, it's it's obvious but a lot of times in prayer i just had this kind of got with it and it just kind of you know take care of business get up and walk out and i always heard people talking about presence talking about presence talking about presence and i'm like am i missing it or what's what Maybe I, maybe I got it, just didn't know I had it, or maybe whatever. So I started talking to the Lord about it. Now, of course, this is, you know, we're talking 30 years back, but, but man, I just, I just started talking to him about it, and I'm just thinking, what is this talk of presence? What am I, what am I missing? And I, and I kind of got this witness inside that I was missing something. So I began to talk to him. I said, I want that. I started going after. I started calling for that. I want that. I want that. If that's available, I want it. That's, that's all. And all of a sudden, through the, eyes of our underst- through the eyes of the understanding, all of a sudden I was, I was no longer in the room I was in. I was somewhere else. I was actually, the way he did it for me, I'm not saying he might have done different for you, whatever, but what he did for me is all of a sudden I'm in a hallway. And it's a hallway, a long hallway that was loaded with doors. And I'm, 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 I'm just in this end of this hallway, and I knew in my heart I had to go down that hall. And I went down that hall, and it was like I got to a door, and I knew I literally turned to the, uh, you know, to the right. I saw what door I had to, and I saw, and I knew what door I had to go in. I opened that door, and baby, I hit presence. So we say, oh, that's ridiculous. Whatever. Whatever. Okay? It was different. And all of a sudden, I was in something that I had never tapped before. Somebody says, does that mean I have to go find that hallway? No, that's just how he worked it for me. All I know is that I came out of that prayer time a different man. And I recognize there is a difference. So the next time, and I couldn't wait to get, amen, I got to that, and I, I just went and found the hallway. And I'm sure that's the only reason he did the hallway thing was for me, because I knew, get to the hallway, get to the hallway. So I got to the hallway, ran down the hall, because I knew which door to go to, go in the door, hey, had her again, hallelujah. Well, I only had to do that a few times, and then I recognized, I guess I don't need the hallway. But that's kind of how he worked it for me and, and, and walked me through it. And so I recognize that all it takes, amen, is a willing heart. All it takes is a heart that literally, amen, isn't going to be caught up in, in a mundane, repetitious type thing. But instead, literally you're taking a moment where you're, you're calling on him, you're thanking him, you're honoring him, amen, until you know, okay, I've tapped presence. And then from there, prayer becomes a blast. And if you, can, if you can do that, see, that's that drawn near. If you can do that, if you continually do that, life in God is a whole lot more fun. It's not a bunch of straining and struggling. Deuteronomy, let's go there. And uh, probably close with this verse or chapter or whatever, but... Um, Deuteronomy 30. And what has happened in context, um, he just got done listing the blessings and the curse and explained to them what's the blessing and what's the curse. And then he makes a statement. Are you with me still or did you already shut me off? Come on now. God has always been interested in fellowship with man. Always. 
even when man fell, you don't think God didn't know Adam fell? Adam, where are you? How many know when God asks you a question, it's not because he don't know the answer? He wants to know if you know the answer. So if God is asking, where are you? He wants to know if you know where you're at at this moment. God's always been willing to commune with man. Always. We see that even the patriarchs of faith, man, God communed with them, praise God. Why? Because they would commune with him. All right, I'm getting ahead of myself. I call, this is what God said, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you. Okay, now not that he's up down with them, he's just letting it be known. Listen, you can't go around now and say you don't know what the blessing is and you don't know what the curse is. You don't know what life is or what death is. He says you can't go around and say that because I've already laid it out. I laid it out plain for you. This is what the blessing is. Come on, bless coming in, bless going. I mean, he laid out the blessing. Turn around, laid out the curse. That's what it means to be in the cur- under the curse. Laid it out. If any of those areas of your life is doing that, you know you're under the curse. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. So I call heaven and earth as a witness today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, what? Therefore, what? Therefore, what? Choose life. Why? Because that you... And your descendants may live. In other words, it's going to affect your life and everybody else around you. Everybody say choose. Let me define it. Let me define it. Let me define it. Choose life. Choose. The word choose means, on a lower scale, means select or decide, but it means to determine, to resolve, or resolute. To settle it. To be fixed on or to fix one's aim on. So when we're talking about being serious, getting, you know, staying with it, being committed, locking on to this thing, make the decision, amen, no more wavering, no more up and down, no more in and out, settle it. Look at your name and say, settle it. And when he says choose here, all right, he's not just talking about making some momentary selection between the curse and the blessing. Because if you don't get that one right, You need help. Because you lay out the blessing and you lay out the curse, everybody's going to momentarily select the blessing. Like, hello? It's that. There are two ends of the spectrum. And nobody, even if you want to play games, they're still not going, you know, I think the curse is okay. Nobody thinks that way. Because as soon as the, the curse slaps you upside the head like a big dog, you're calling out for God. Anyway, choose life. So it's not just about some momentary selection, but about a, but about, but about a purposeful resolution. You make a resolute decision, I choose life. Okay, next verse. Verse 20, he's not done, still part of the same sentence. That you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice, that you may cling to him. There's three keys, love, obey, and cling. For he is your life. And, I love how he says, and the length of your days. In other words, because of him, you can live long on the earth. But you notice, he is your life. And then he mentions you could have long life with him and that you may dwell in the land with which he promised to your forefathers. Praise God. Come on, which is the promised land, the land flowing with milk and honey. Now, the point is this. He is your life. He's always your source. He's your life. So you got to settle it. He is my life. Even Colossians uh, 3 brings out, talking about how Christ, who is our life, he's our life. He's our source. He's our all in all. I can't of myself do nothing. I have to have my time with him. I have to be led by him. That's not weak. That's pretty smart. It's those out there trying to do everything in their own power and their own strength that they keep falling on their face or coming up short 
or getting bored or getting mad or getting sad or getting what whatever. Listen, we need our time with him. Settle it. He is our life. Yes, we choose the blessing. But if you want the blessing, Hallelujah explains it in verse 20 here. You mean you gotta have to love God. You're gonna have to obey when He talks. You're gonna have to cling to Him. And you will automatically walk in the blessing. Seek first the kingdom of God. What happens? All the things the Gentiles seek after will now chase you. You don't have to chase it. You chase God, and it all chases you. We get it all wrong when we're not going to God and spending time with God. There ain't anybody in this room, there ain't nobody, I don't know which camera we're going on here, this one right here. I don't care if you're watching or you're listening by podcast. There ain't a person on the planet who can't connect with God and have communion with God because there is nothing complicated about communion with God. We just don't do it. And I'm not mad. I'm not. I just, it's just a fact. We, we get busy for whatever reasons or we get you know, insecure about whatever. We, 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 we feel shame or guilt because of mistakes we make. We, whatever it may be, there's all kinds of reasons that everybody has that they don't spend the time in God. And I'm telling you, you need God, time with God. He is your life. Have you ever been underwater and an inch away from death. I have. Literally, in a moment, I was thinking, this is it. We were on a fun rafting youth trip, and the pastor's going to die. How can this be? I'm caught on... On a deal underneath, I get sucked under, and I'm caught. And I am, I'm at this, I guess I lift my spirit up to you, Lord, whatever. But man, it was amazing when my foot let loose. And I got a mouthful of oxygen. Hallelujah! Woo! Somebody says, oh, it wasn't that bad. Whatever. See, God is like your oxygen. If you've ever been without it, You'll do whatever it takes to get it. He's your life. Real quick, I know it gone a little long here, but the word when it says to love the Lord, the word here is associate, to dear companion, communion. It's the, actually the Hebrew word ahab in that verse 20. means communion, affection, or attachment. And all it's talking about is what all the patriarchs, if you go look at any of the patriarchs that you enjoy, you see the power, you see what they what they walked in. Uh, one thing you're going to find across the board with them, you'll go find a verse that'll say, and they walked with God. That's what I say. They walked with God. And all it means is they were conversant. They talked with God. They made the decision to open up conversation literally means small talk. It doesn't take, that's why I said anybody can do this. It's just talk to stop and not be so distracted with everything and just start communing, talking with God. And as you begin to do that, it isn't long and pretty soon your antenna goes up and you begin to pick up things and you begin to hear his voice. His sheep know his voice. 
hear His voice and follow His voice. And the voice of a stranger literally means of another they will not follow. Somewhere along the line, every child of God should be able to hear from heaven. Are you coming back next week? I just had this insecure moment. Everybody can, it, but we just, a lot of times we just don't take the time to do it. We get busy, we say, you know, uh, we, we hop in there, we get our business done, we, we call for this and pray for that and confess this, bang, out the door we go. Well, I prayed in the shower, or I prayed in my car. Wasn't that wrong, praying in the shower? I was going to say something, I'll leave it alone. You, you pray it in your car, it's wonderful, that's fine, it's all wonderful. But somewhere along the line, you've got to have those quiet moments where you can begin to pick up the leadings and the biddings and the witness and the things that God can talk to you about and show you things. And, and, and that's not going to happen if you're just out in the busyness of everything and not, not trained and learn how to hear the voice. I'm not saying he can't talk to you out there. I'm just saying that if you're not trained to do that, you're not going to pick up those things. So God wants you, to, you know, to, to converse with him. That's where it starts. Then it says to obey. And the word obey in that same verse, are you still with me? Shema is the Hebrew word. It just means hear with an intent to do it. To give attention to it, to give regard to something, or agreement. Literally means to say yes. So when God begins to talk to you, you're quick to say yes, sir. And not argue with him about everything. Or act like, you know, can't hear you. The word talks about, you know, uh, you know uh, about itching ears. You know, I was talking about that because you, you got itching ears, you only hear what you want to hear. And the re, if you stop me, if you just scratch your ear while I'm talking and you only hear about every other third word, every. Well, I guess I didn't hear what he said, so I guess I don't have to do that. Or... Listen, God isn't always just trying to give you, you know, trying to tell you what to do. He's trying to walk you through things, trying to empower you, trying to encourage you. Sometimes all you need is a word of encouragement about something because you're letting the devil beat you up about something stupid. And sometimes just getting in the presence of God, he just says, listen, you answer to me. And I think you're okay. Hallelujah. He still calls me son. Hallelujah. So just learn to, when God begins to talk, be willing to yield to it, praise God. And really, that's the key to the blessing right there. Then it talks about clinging unto him. Is de, uh, debak, okay, is, is the Hebrew word. It means to be joined to, stuck, or glued to. In other words, can't be separated. But it means literally a following close or a loving devotion or commitment, which is what we've been talking about. You know, being committed to this, settle it. Amen. Commitment, there's always a risk. And there's a price. I get it. But it's so worth it. It's so worth it. It's so worth it. It's so worth it. Whatever I had to, whatever measly, pathetic stuff that I had to give up or to let loose of or just, just stop being worked up about it. Let it go was worth it I'd rather walk in the blessing any day but I choose him I choose life and when I choose life I choose the blessing when I choose life I choose to give time I choose to get you know commune with him and fellowship with him I choose to give him time in my day I choose to honor him with my time in the house of God and serving and giving and uh, being laying my life down for people it's worth it's so worth it it's so worth it but I guarantee you if we're not getting the daily empowerment if we're not drawn near every day it's only a matter of about a week and I'm done and you're done. 
And nobody, I'll tell you, ain't gonna, you ain't going to tell me what to do. And I'll tell you what, ain't nobody going to make me do that. Uh, I'll tell you what. Talk to the hand because the head ain't listening. It's like, dude, don't dude me. I've done enough. Okay. See you on the backside. Come on. Is anybody with me or did I run you out on that one? Listen, this thing, all it takes is just moving toward God, move your heart toward God, make a decision, settle it, praise God. God's my source. And don't argue with me like they argue with Joshua. Because I'm just going to say whatever. It's your life. It's your family. Choose life that you and your descendants may live. So that's your family. It's your life. But you ain't going to get to heaven and when he calls you forward, however this is going to work, and you're going to be able to point back and point at me going, hmm? He's going to say, hmm. He's going to want to replay this very message. Yep. <laughs> I don't know how it's going to work. I'm just, you know. I may not go like that at all. I don't know. But the bottom line is, praise God. Amen. You're not going to be able to hold your pastor, uh, you know, that your pastor didn't tell you or your pastor wasn't straight with you about it. Look at your neighbor and say, draw near to God, will you? Did you get something today? Give the Lord praise. Come on now. Amen. Watch y'all stand up. Praise God. Thanks for giving me a few extra minutes to finish it. Praise God. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch the video of this message, head over to vimeo.com forward slash WOVictory or go to Jerry Roberts Ministry on Roku. For more information about who we are and what we do here at Order Victory, check out the website at wovictory.org. That's wovictory.org. See you there.